Madame Pompomousse and Her Incredible Edibles by Rupert Kingfisher. Chapter 1 In the city of Paris, on the banks of the river, tucked away from the main street down a narrow, winding alley, there is a shop. A small, rather shabby-looking shop, with faded paintwork, a dusty awning and dark, smoky windows. The sign above the door reads Edibles, as it is a food shop, selling all kinds of rare and exotic delicacies. But they are not just rare, and they are not just exotic. For this shop belongs to Madame Pompomousse, and she sells the strangest, the rarest, the most delicious, the most extraordinary, the most incredible tasting edibles in all the world. Inside, the shop is cool and musty-smelling, lit only by candlelight. In the flickering shadows, great bunches of sausages and dried herbs, strings of garlic and chilli peppers, and giant salted meats hang from the ceiling. Rows of cheeses are laid out on beds of dark green leaves, and all around there are shelves winding up to the ceiling, crammed with bottles and strangely shaped jars. But look closer, and you'll find these aren't just plain sausages. They're sausages of bison and black pepper, wild boar and red wine, and minotaur salami with sage and wild thyme. Among the dried meats are salt-cured raptor tails, pterodactyl bacon, smoked sabre-toothed tiger, and rolled Tyrannosaurus rex tongue. The cheeses are of an unimaginable smelliness, some dating back to medieval times, and each of the pots and jars have their contents written in fine purple letters. Scorpion tails in smoked garlic oil, crocodile kidneys in blueberry wine, cobra brains in black butter, roast piranha with raspberry coulis, electric eel pâté with garlic and prunes, great white shark fin in banana liquor, and giant squid tentacle in jasmine-scented jelly. Underneath the shop, down a winding spiral staircase at the end of a long, dark corridor, there is a door, a door that is forever kept locked, for it is behind this door that Madame Pompomousse cooks her rarest delicacy, a delicacy sold in the tiniest little jar with a label upon which nothing is written. The label is blank and the ingredients are a secret since it is the single most delicious, the most extraordinary, the most incredible tasting edible of them all. But even though Madame Pompomousse sells the most delicious food ever tasted, her shop is by no means famous in the city of Paris, and nor would she ever want it to be. For she makes enough money to get by, and is happy each day to awake at dawn, drink a small black coffee, and open up her shop, serving her customers and meeting with her suppliers. And come sundown, she likes nothing better than to sit on her balcony above the rooftops with her cat, Camembert, discussing the day's events over a bottle of violet petal wine. Camembert was a stray that had wandered in off the streets one night after a particularly vicious encounter with a pack of Siamese cats. During the fight, Camembert had lost one of his eyes, but this was nothing compared to what had happened to the Siamese. Suffice it to say, he had since been known as a cat you don't mess with. 
From the first, he and Madame Pompomousse had taken an instant liking to each other, and they lived together in perfect harmony, even though he would sometimes upset the customers by threatening to bite the ones he didn't like. One person Camembert disliked intensely was a big, pig-like man called Monsieur Lard. Monsieur Lard ran a restaurant in the centre of the city, a big, flashy restaurant called the Squealing Pig. The problem with the restaurant was that, although Monsieur Lard thought his cooking was some of the finest in Paris, it was, in fact, absolutely revolting. Whatever he cooked either turned out too greasy or too sugary or too fatty. The other problem was that Monsieur Lard used to treat his customers in a way that was even greasier than his cuisine. On one occasion, to impress a Hollywood film star who had stopped by for a light lunch, he served up a whole baby lamb deep fried in batter and smothered in orange syrup which had the unfortunate consequence of making the film star violently sick. Monsieur Lard had a team of chefs working in his kitchen, many of them excellent, but only a fool would dare criticise Monsieur Lard's very own specialities. For Lard's only real talent was to make people afraid of him. Experienced cooks, who had worked in some of the best and busiest kitchens in Paris, wobbled like jellies and began dropping things the moment Monsieur Lard entered the room. Even the restaurant's head chef, who had once been a talented cook, had been reduced to a quivering wreck after years of Lard's bullying and from being forced to prepare such revolting recipes as pig's ear pizza, kidney burger with double cream, offal and seafood sausages, or crab ravioli in a warm white chocolate sauce. Blech. By far, the best chef at the Squealing Pig was, in fact, Lard's niece, a girl called Madeline. Madeline was sent by her parents each summer to stay with her big, jolly uncle. When she told her parents that her uncle was not really jolly, but a greedy, fat bully, her mother nearly fainted, and her father told her not to be so selfish. So ever since, whilst her parents went off on safari or around the world cruise, Madeline would be sent to work in the kitchens of the squealing pig. This usually involved doing a lot of smiling. Monsieur Lard was obsessed with smiling. Everyone, the waiters, the waitresses, the cooks and even the cleaners behind the giant kitchen doors was required to smile at all times. The restaurant actually did quite well from rich tourists and passers-by, who assumed the food had to be good since it was so expensive. And apart from Lard's specialities, it was all quite palatable. But this wasn't enough for Monsieur Lard. More than anything, he wanted to become famous. He wanted to be recognised as a great chef. Sadly for him, this wasn't going to happen. Probably because he was actually the worst chef the world had ever known. And the harder he tried the more repulsive and ridiculous his cooking became. Until one day, he made a remarkable discovery, and that discovery was due entirely to Madeline, his niece.